every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. have some conversations during the break, Austin, don't we? Welcome on back. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for What's Going On, brought to you today by our friends at The Warehouse. We're going to be out there coming up Thursday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind at The Warehouse. Again, we're going to be out there on Thursday. Bought a mattress from Tom last week. Uh, got uh, got my toddler into a, a big girl bed, Austin. Not uh, two full nights now. Not one uh, roll off. Really? She's yeah. been right in the middle, huh? Right in the middle. Yeah, we've been good to go. Now it's not uh, up high or anything. So if she no, no, were no, to fall off, it's but... low. If she were to fall off, she'd be fine. Yeah, I uh, walking in today. Uh, the the security guard here at the arena said, "Hey, hey, real quick, is that warehouse all it's cracked up to be?" Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's it great. is. You know, I get that question all the time, and and Tom will take care of you. And, and if you're you're skeptical about the price, just ask Tom how he does it. He'll tell you. He'll break it down for you. He'll he'll give you a a, a PowerPoint if you're really yeah, into he it. Would, yeah. He'll he'll tell you what's going on. Speaking of that, what's going on? Uh, where we check in with the other shows across the Zone Sports Network. Let's start things out with DJ and PK today. They had Kyle Goon on. He covers the for Lakers. People. You got the athletic. And uh, he started off uh, talking about uh, if players would be colluding in Orlando. Oh, we're having issues. This is called treading water in the radio game. And this is where I uh, give you a play-by-play of Austin stressing behind the board. Oh, he's figured it out, though. That's good. All right, here we go. Here's uh, Kyle Goon with David and Pat. So you, you could touch all the NBA players. You're just walking up down the same hallways as them. It's a gigantic AAU tournament, according to LeBron James. So, yeah. the, are, are, what? Sort of. <laughs> sort of. I, th- I don't think it will be uh, smiled upon if I went up and started touching everybody. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. It's probably the wrong time to do that. How how odd is it and how much is it just the new normal and people are moving around and, and ready to get on with the hoops? Look, I mean, this this whole thing is odd. Um, this whole thing is is strange. I've talked to several people here, several people employed by the NBA, who just say, "I I can't believe this has happened." And I, I mean, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, this kind of all came together in two months. Um, it's still coming together. It should be pointed out. I mean, I was in the arena for my first Lakers practice in four months yesterday, and it was. It was just kind of weird to feel to, to see some stuff still under construction, some signs being put up. Um, you know, their their venue that they're going to have for games is still being put up. But um, you know, it's it's just a really intriguing experiment. Obviously, a, a fraught time in our country. Um, but um, you know, it's, it's interesting to be here, and there's something that you know it, it does feel normal. I mean, watching basketball happen live in front of me. It felt very comforting, and it felt very much like, um, you know, a little bit before all this was was really going downhill. 
So we know with the Lakers, obviously they're expected to be a contender. They're going to be without Bradley and Rondo. What does that do to their ball club and rotations? Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely trouble. Um, and Avery Bradley, the thing that the, both of them bring something that is just truly hard to replace. And with Avery Bradley, it's defense, it's on ball defense. Um, a guy who really just allowed the Lakers to play the unique style they have with LeBron at point guard and then run back. And then LeBron doesn't have to guard, you know, uh, Damian Lillard and doesn't have to guard uh, James Harden and doesn't have to guard all those really tremendous point guards in this league. Um, and that, that hurts the Lakers' ability to do that. And then Rajon Rondo, um, he's sort of the one guy on the team that can be a comparable ball handler to LeBron when LeBron is out. So, and, and so the Lakers don't really have a point guard with that kind of dishing ability. They have guys who can handle the ball. They have guys who can you know, dish off a little bit, but not anyone quite as prolific as Rajon Rondo. So it, it, it hurts them in ways that are really hard to replace. I was half messing with you on social media, but I also was half serious. There's a lot of talk about um, free agents making a super team there. Do you think that's going to happen? Is there going to be recruiting? Everybody's going to look at LeBron and the Lakers first, but they certainly wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> wouldn't be the only ones. It was a question for your mailbag. You may not have seen it, but who's, who's oh, LeBron? I saw. Yeah, who's LeBron recruiting I saw, the heaviest? I felt the messing. I felt the messing <laughs> happening, DJ. I know you. You forget this. I'm not just – I didn't just get on this phone call and meet you for the first time, buddy. <laughs> um, but, look, I mean, everybody, because of um, the Heatles, Everybody wants to talk about LeBron recruiting. I mean, the guy's going to turn 36 this year. Like, who's he recruiting? What everybody should be thinking about is that next generation. I mean, and and to be honest, DJ, with with things that have going on with with Donovan and Rudy, um, however, you know, maybe some of that is, is put aside. Maybe some of it is not. But they, they, people should be concerned about that, don't you think? I mean, they already Donovan are. Don't worry. They, league. they have been for I mean, a couple Donovan of years. And, and Kyle Kuzma are very close. Um, Don, Donovan is close with other young stars in this league. I mean, to me, that's kind of the scenario where you're saying, okay, is there something where this unique environment contributes to guys like that in that generation? figuring out a different situation for themselves. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, this stuff isn't rocket science. It's sometimes when it looks like something, it is something, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, guy, it's a chance for a lot of these guys to pal around. Some of these guys are going to be here for months. And I think it will change a little bit when teams are competing. But, I mean, this, this, this exists, right? I mean, these guys are stuck here. And they don't, they can't bring in outsiders, and they're going to socialize with each other. So it could bring teams close together. I mean, for all I know, maybe um, you know Rudy and and Donovan fish every day this month and decide they're best friends. I don't know, but that I mean, that, the LeBron generation is not the generation to watch in terms of is the next super team coming from that that end. It's it. I mean, all of the LeBron's friends are retired or or near there except Chris Paul, who somehow had an amazing season this year. But it's, 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 it's the next generation.
All right, that is Kyle Goon from The Athletic. He covers the Lakers. But we've, we've chatted a little bit on this show about uh, tampering and what might uh, fall out of this Orlando bubble situation. Gordon downplayed it a little bit more than than me. And I've heard, you know, Gordon and others have, have used the explanation that uh, these guys have phones. I think we, we talked to Mannix about this yesterday. These guys have phones and can communicate. It's not like they're isolated from one another um, in a normal world. But I, I was trying to think of a comparison because this Orlando bubble thing is going to be a shared experience for a lot of uh, a lot of these players where relationships are 100% going to be altered in this situation because how couldn't they be? They're all living together in this this confined area. They all have the same recreational opportunities. You know, they're all in this one close place. And I, I get it that... You know, players are encouraged to kind of operate in their own team structure, and that's going to get more, um, I guess, stringent as time goes along here in this bubble experience. But hey, you know, they're making friends. They're they're probably losing friends. They're changing relationships, uh, improving relationships. You know, I talk about this that uh, LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade hatched the idea to all play together while they were playing in the Olympics. They were overseas sharing an experience, bonding together, and that uh, changed the way, really, the NBA operated or has operated. I mean, that was a, that was a huge momentum, uh, groundbreaking decision that those three made. Well, they made it because they found out that they like playing together and hanging out together and sharing that experience of the Olympics. Austin, uh, you were a Boy Scout when you were a kid. I was. Yes, I was. I loved every second of it. I didn't. Did you go to Boy Scout camp every summer? Every summer. You never missed? Never once. So I had to miss some Boy Scout camps uh, occasionally in the summer because it overlapped with summer baseball. So I'd be playing the the All-Stars Pony League or whatever at the time, so I couldn't go on these Boy Scout camps, and I I instead was playing baseball, which is what I wanted to do, not that I didn't like scouting. But but then the, the Boy Scouts would come back from camp, and I'd feel like totally ostracized from mm. the group because I didn't have that shared experience. You know, I didn't, they're, they're cracking inside jokes about uh, the life-saving merit badge and Bob almost drowning. I don't know. But, you know, it's all this stuff that, that I'd hilarious be, stuff. Uh, you know, I'd be left out of and, no, and not part of. And, and it would, it would change my relationship, right? You know, the, this Orlando shared experience will change some relationships. And I, I would think that there's going to be a ton of tampering going on. A ton of and where Kyle Goon's really right is that it's the younger generation. People think, oh yeah, LeBron and Clutch Sports are going to be tampering. LeBron's done in a couple of years. It's not LeBron. You want to? Who's talking to Giannis? That's what I want to know. Who's Giannis hanging out with? What conversations has that dude had? Because he's the next big domino to fall. He's the next LeBron decision, so to speak. People around here might be wondering who's Donovan talking to. One hundred percent. And Kyle Goon brought that up too. Yeah. Is Donovan making his future plans one way or another? And hey, maybe maybe Jazz fans, if you put it through the, if you look at it this way, where Donovan could get out and do a little recruiting. That's what I was meaning. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's the negative side would be, oh, where's he talking about right. leaving? Who's to? he talking about meeting up with? You know, like Dwayne Wade. One one part of that story which is interesting: Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh. They wanted to play together, but where they were going to play together actually was not. Really, they didn't make up their minds on that. They just knew they wanted to play together. And they knew the contract, the timing of it was going to work out so they could. But they didn't know where. In fact, the the first option was the Knicks, right? I read a, uh, an update on that story like a couple of weeks ago. 
And the Knicks blew their opportunity to get those three together. And Shocking. It, it was the heat. It was Pat Riley being savvy, realizing what was in front of him, that he could put it together and do it, and he did. Pat Riley outdoing the Knicks again? What a surprise. <laughs> what a shock. Uh, yeah, I think there will be a lot of that stuff going on, but that's kind of just a, a necessary evil of getting this season finished in a bubble, quote-unquote, environment, is you're going to have that opportunity that otherwise you only have an all-star weekend and during the offseason. Right. Now it's going to be around actual now, games being played. 24-7. Yes. And hey, you know what? Maybe I'll change course on a on a pol- or on an opinion that I've had for a while now. Thank goodness they're not letting these guys play doubles ping pong. Because what would happen if Donovan Mitchell feel, figured out that his best doubles ping pong partner was, you know, on a different team? <laughs> you think that would sway him? It could. Huh? It couldn't. Ping pong is a it's a powerful tool. What could sway somebody though is CAA. What is it? Creative Arts Agency? Yeah, the, coming the in agency. And, and uh, 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 serenading them there in Orlando. Yeah. Like we said the other day, this is, a t- this is a time to have all kinds of agents try out for you to see if they are worthy of your money. To say, to give them all kinds of feats of strength and whoever right. can complete it, they're your agent and you're, you're going to that team. Well, you know what? I bet that happens a lot. Let's take the teams out of it for a second. I'd imagine agents are telling their big-name players, like, hey, get in there and get me some clients. And there'll be there'll be a cut in it for you. Oh, they're going to kick back some of that percentage, huh? You owe me 11% or 3%, but if you uh, do this, I'll cut it down to 2%. You get me three new clients, we're going down to two. <laughs> we're laughing, but I'll bet it's happening. Guarantee it's happening. Which that's technically against the rules. I don't know. Agent tampering is that against the rules? Player tampering is. Like if uh, if an agent tried to recruit a player of another agent, is that against the rules? No, I don't think so. I don't. Why would the NBA care about that? That's that's between those agencies. But the agent has a contract with the player. And I guess technically, actually, is it really against the rules? Uh, it is against the rules, See, right, for a player to overture a player who's currently under contract on another team. Right. It might not be against, like, the NBA rules, but it might be against the law. I don't know. Oh, here we go. Well, dude, tampering with, with somebody else's client. Collusion laws and yeah, things, that, huh? Yeah, that might be, I don't know. But uh, but I, like everybody else, when, when Ennis Cantor dumps Max Urgul for some big agency, I'm just assuming that that big agency tampered with, with Ennis Cantor, right? How how could he ditch the world's greatest agent? Oh yeah, unless it was uh, unless he was tampered with. That is the world's greatest agent. Yeah, he got Ennis Cantor and Max Steele. Yeah, Max Urgul, that that swindler. I'd hire him in a second. That just happened. Like uh, it, it popped up on my timeline memories just a few days ago the, when we had him on the station. The Jazz picked another player and shipped him out of town, and somehow. Somehow, he got a max contract extension with Oklahoma City. I don't know what Max did, but that man is brilliant. Magician. That man is brilliant. All right, let's let's get to this because this is a funny clip. Here's a clip from Hanson Scotty talking about uh, haunted houses. Hey, uh, Lyle, do you have a second here? Are you okay? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Uh, we have a another guest joining us on the program. This is Jenny from Bountiful. Hi, Jenny. 
Hello, Scotty G. How are you? I'm good. All right, this is my wife, Lyle. Uh, okay. All right, so um, she can describe the situation better, and you see if this is uh, something that you perhaps could help us out with, all right? Okay. Okay. All right. So we moved into the house, and one of the first days that I was alone in the house because all the kids were at school and Scott was at work, I could hear, like, a conversation happening with two or three people, and it sounded like it was in the living room, and I went in the living room, and nothing was in there, and then I could hear it um, back in the back part of the house, and I went back in the back part of the house, and nothing was there either. So I thought I was just hearing something outside, but I hear, like, the exact same Thing. It's happened probably five different times in the three years that we've lived here. And then we have um, kind of like the shape of a man who sort of walks through the front entryway of our house and then just kind of disappears. And that's happened like three times. And okay. we, have a thing, we have a thing where we hear a cupboard door and then some steps in the kitchen. And that has happened now three times. And it's like, before I even knew the recording thing was a theme, I told Scott, it's like it's a recording. It's the same thing over and over. So I'm very interested in what you're saying. What time of day do you say this would happen at? <laughs> um... Scott, are you laughing? Yeah, oh, he's no. laughing, Jenny, and I'm not. I'm just, I'm, I'm riveted. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm shook. I'm not laughing. Hands, Sorry, hands, I probably should have turned off haunted. your mic. Sorry about you that. Know what, you know what else happened to hands? And this is the one that Scott really hates because it sounds so hokey. But we have a food storage room. Our whole house has been totally remodeled. Like, the house is like 40 years old, but it's been totally remodeled, except for this one storage room. And I swear to you, there is an old lady down there. Like, I just feel like grandma's down there with me. And it's not my grandma. It's somebody else's grandma. And one time, Brooks, when he was younger, was down in that storage room. And he said he felt like somebody was touching him on the shoulder. Oh, my gosh. So I don't even go to my own food storage room by myself if no one else is home. I don't know how anyway. a spirit could fit in there with all that toilet hey. paper. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't tell anybody about the toilet. Okay. Yeah, it happens in the middle of the day most of the time. So the shape of the man is maybe like evening time. But um, I guess the kitchen one has happened in the very middle of the night. And Scott heard that once. And... He cannot deny that. The rest of it is like the conversation one is daytime. Yeah, but it happens the same time of day for each individual thing. Does that make sense? So you have replays in your house. And I, I, uh, hearing the hospice things make, makes me think that you have what they call a consult replay. And so basically what it's doing is it's just re replaying either a tragic event or a really sad event. Oh, man. I'm, and it I had just... a whole bunch of energy attached to it. And so that's what you're kind of experiencing oh. is that. How do you get rid of it? You, you can have the house blessed or you can just ask them to leave. Sometimes that works. But all in all, I mean, I, it sounds hokey, but you can have the house blessed with sage and it will dissipate. It won't fully sage? get rid of it, but it will dissipate. Hey, hey, yeah, sage. How come is so how come Jenny's more receptive to the to, to the, like Scotty heard the cupboard, but he's he you didn't hear the voices. The I've not I've not heard the voices. Have you seen the because shadows? Jenny's sensitive. So, so some people. Probably because Jenny's a better person. 
Probably that too. Yeah. So, so some people just are, are more receptive. They, they 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 have the blinders kind of removed a little bit more. Is that what? Yeah. Or they just don't. They just don't see it. Okay, so that was a, a paranormal a paranormal expert who had called in, and you heard uh, Scott and Jenny's situation. And Hanson talked about his dog barking at the wall in the middle of the night. And he was <laughs> you are so dismissive. Convinced you are so dismissive. Yeah, I am. But hey, I you know what? You I, don't believe there's haunting as a thing. I I don't mean to d- dismiss Jenny because uh, love her dearly, and she's incredibly smart, and I I shouldn't I shouldn't doubt her. But you do. But I do. Yeah. You don't think that spirits can roam and haunt and and that sort of thing. No. Are you do you believe that this life is it? Uh not necessarily. Okay. I don't know what's next, but no, I don't. But I don't, you don't I believe- don't believe that somebody can set up some listening device in a in a bedroom <laughs> and turn it on and oh I'm gonna hear this or this or that. No. You no. don't watch enough TV, Jake. They do it every night I'm on the sure ghost that, channel I'm or whatever sure it is. They do. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Oh, I hope you get haunted hardcore just because you aren't a believer. See, I, 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 I say I'm a believer just in case it's real. So okay. that they leave me the hell alone. Okay. I believe you're there. You win. Whatever you want. Don't haunt me. Uh, you know, I hope whatever happens on the other side, we've got something better to do than, than what, did, what did the guy call it? A repeater or something like a that? Re- a, re- a replay. A replay to, to live the same moment over and over again? <laughs> Now, uh, what? Do, how do you explain the dog getting upset in the middle of the night several times? I don't know. What? What? What did the the dog got into Hans's acid? I don't know. <laughs> I think. What it, did they feed the dog for dinner? <laughs> I mean, is, have you ever had food affect your dreams? Maybe they, they gave feed him some shrooms. some spicy puppy chow. I don't know. They did the, maybe it, maybe here, the, Gracie, have some Tabasco with your puppy so chow. There's so many. Maybe Hans has mice. There's so many explanations that, that could be... It was probably a spider or something. Yeah. Jumping right to the house is haunted? <laughs> maybe a, a sausage fell out of Hans's pocket into the corner of his room. I mean, would we really say that's so unbelievable talking about Hans Olsen? I don't know. Oh, this is too funny. You're so dismissive of your coworkers' beliefs and fears, Jake. Hans needs us to rally around him at this moment. In no, time. he doesn't. He needs us to rally around him and say, you're safe. You're okay. You're taking care. We got you. You'll be all right. It's fine. Uh, here's a little nightlight to put on in the corner. <laughs> no. Here's, here's the advice you need to give Hans, all right? I'm sorry. Tell the dog to sleep somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, like that's the what size Hans, of his shoe, that's man. That's what Hans needs to hear. It's not put a real dog, dog. Put the dog in the backyard like every other American family. It will be eaten by a hawk in Eagle Mountain. <laughs> it is literally the size of his shoe. It's a little shorky. Okay, I'm, I'm admittedly... Can't go outside. You'll never see it again. I have not had a dog, had a dog since I was uh, a little kid. My parents have had dogs. I like dogs, but I don't understand sleep with dog people the, the, that have it in their room, on their bed, or whatever. And I realize that that's, that I'm talking about a lot of people, but I just... I just Talking about people I love, know, and love, my friend. Right. And I, hey. And they've tried. This they is tried. A- they, they give it the good college try early to make sure the dog wouldn't. But the dog eventually wins. Yeah, I got it. I, and this is America. You can you can have your dog <laughs> in you can have your dog in your bed if you want. I just have I've never understood that. I just never understood that. Oh, I want that to be someone's running slogan now. <laughs> America, America, where you can have your dog in your bed. 
Jake Scott 2020. Especially people with these just monstrous dogs. Just giant dogs. Like, what? All right. I just can't believe how dismissive you are of our, I'm of our sorry. co-workers. Is, is, that, is that wrong? Hope, to, hope you never need anyone to care about anything in your life. The dog got into Hans' diet pills again, and now it's flipping out in the corner of the room. I don't know. It got into Hans's fin. It had a rough morning, all right? Oh, hey, that was... That was the line of the day right there. Coming up next, Bruce Feldman of The Athletic. We're going to talk to him about college football and what's going on. (laughs) Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Total Request Tuesday. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Songs about money. Or I guess Austin picked a song by Eddie Money, so that uh, that makes some sense. Uh, we talked a lot about college football finances during the 2 o'clock hour. So if you want to request your favorite money-related song, you can tweet at us at Jake Scott Zone at Austin Horton as well. We're going to talk to Bruce Feldman coming up here momentarily. We'll talk to him about uh, college football. In fact, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. He makes the magic happen for Fox Sports as well as The Athletic. He's Bruce Feldman with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Bruce. How are you? I'm doing well. Good to be on with you. Hey, thank you very much for making the time. We really appreciate it. Uh, jumping right in with, with college football, we've seen the Pac-12 and the Big Ten eliminate non-conference. The SEC, ACC, and, and Big 12 have yet to follow suit. This is a big story, Bruce, as you know, because BYU lost five of its games already. How do you see this playing out, or do we just have no clue? Uh, I think it's a lot of TBD right now, to be perfectly honest. Um you know, we've seen some schools where the cases aren't that high, and then we've seen a handful of others where they had to hit push pause uh, because they've had a significant amount of cases. And I think the, the kind of a key thing to remember is schools, even though while players are back, they're only basically working out in small groups and practicing social distancing. As long as they're doing football stuff, they'll begin to ramp up on Friday. Uh, but even that is just walkthroughs, and it won't be till really the first week of August before they do actual more football stuff. And I think it's going to be key to see what happens. You know, do we see spreads and outbreaks? I mean, obviously, you know, if there are more students on campus, we've seen the numbers of the cases going up. I think it's a, there's a lot of ADs I've talked to and a bunch of coaches who are very concerned about that, not just that we'll be able to have a season, but at some point – how will it uh, how how will it unfold in terms of will there be lags or anything like that? And you just have a lot of different factions in terms of there's no unifying voice in college football, and so I think people are all over the map on how they're approaching it, especially literally all over the map because it's affecting different parts of the country in different ways at different times. So, and in, in this is probably an impossible question to answer as well, but what is the bigger hurdle right now, Bruce? Is it the uh, COVID-19 situation in the country with cases rising, or is it the logistics of a uniform approach like you're talking about? It's a good question. I think it's, I honestly think it's both, because I think you just have 
some leagues are saying, okay, this is how we're going to handle it. We want to be flexible. We want to do things uh, to make sure we can react to it if need be. And then I think you've had, uh, you've seen whether it's Gene Smith, who's arguably the most powerful AD in the country from Ohio State. Uh, you've seen the guy who now runs the Big Ten, Commissioner Kevin Warren. And you've heard from even Greg Sankey at times where there's been a lot of frustration in how people have handled the pandemic. And I think that's something that they've kind of called out where you see, but you know, I've heard privately some ADs talk about a lot of people aren't taking this seriously enough. And I think you heard Gene Smith for one and Kevin Warren for another. They really put their names on it. And it wasn't like, you know, speaking on background. And I think you've seen some of that frustration with Sankey. And I think that speaks to kind of some of the issues that they're trying to sort out right now. Earlier in the show, Bruce uh, and Austin and I are, are certainly f- the furthest things from accountants that, that you can get, but we tried to go over some specifics as far as what's on the line financially. And based on the, the ADs and the folks in the in the college football world you talk about, where or talk to, excuse me, where is the desperation factor? I mean, just how, uh, what, I guess, how catastrophic is the, the doomsday scenario of no football? Yeah, I think it depends on which, which university you're looking at. Is it for you know, the Mac Mid-American Conference programs who lost big paydays when the Big Ten decided to, to say only conference games and how that's impactful? Or is it talking about tens of millions of dollars if a season doesn't happen at any point for the Power Five uh, in the academic year and how impactful that is for the rest of their universities, in addition really just to their the rest of their athletic programs and their departments. I mean, I think that is huge for them. And so there's not an easy answer to this because we don't know, will there be 20% capacity in the crowd? Will there be no fans there? Will there be 50%? Uh, we don't know in terms of how many games they're going to play, if they're going to be able to have a full season. It costs a lot of money to test players for extensive lengths of time. And so I think there's just all sorts of variables that are in this um, that right now I'm not sure. I think it really depends on who you ask and what part of the spreadsheet they're looking at. Bruce Feldman with us here on, on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bruce, uh, Gordon has the day off today, but he wrote a column uh, a couple of weeks ago talking about Larry Scott and the, the, the conference has to make a decision on his future because they're going to start negotiating media rights deals. And I feel like this, and this is a little editorializing for me, but this, this COVID situation has put his decisions under a magnifying glass. Talk, talk about Larry, the job he's done, and his future as you see it. I think, you know, there's been some bad optics for a while uh, with him in terms of the Pac-12 network, which I think is a solid product, but it's been hard for them to get the distribution on the West Coast. In Los Angeles, the biggest media market, It's it's been a battle that they've been waging for, it seems like, for a decade. And that's forefront. And then you see some other issues that have been pointed out in stories that have been published in the last year and a half, just that seem like they're tone deaf in the face of a lot of other things. I think one of the challenges that the Pac-12 has had, and this, these are all like issues that predate the COVID pandemic, yeah. but I think they're issues that are, are sizable ones where it's just like, as it relates to college athletics, it's keep the main thing the main thing. And I think sometimes the Pac-12 seems to, seems to seem to get caught up in trying to be innovative rather than just serving 
serving their constituents, as it were. And I think so. That that's the part that's been that's been challenging. Look, I think the Pac-12 being the Pac-12 AD because of the makeup of the president to some degree. I also think because you do not have the same depth of passion for college football, which drives most of the money, as you do in the SEC and the Big Ten. I mean, there are, not to say that there aren't some diehard fans, but the level of them who, who are going to come out, rain or shine, whether your team is good or not so good, they're going to tune in for that. That's just not there. So, I mean, it's a different kind of job than it is if you are the Big Ten commissioner or the Big 12 commissioner or the ACC or the SEC commissioner. I uh, want to see where you're at on, on transfers, Bruce. Of course, the grad transfer, they're batting about the idea of, of giving student-athletes one free transfer in football and basketball. And here locally, we've actually had a scenario play itself out where Devontae Henry Cole, a running back, transferred from Utah to BYU just a couple of months ago. And then this week we find out he's transferring from BYU to Utah State, not even playing a game for the Cougars. Where are you at when it comes to football players and their ability to transfer and what should be? Well, I think it depends on the scenario, right? I mean, if the player is a grad transfer, they, I think everybody would argue they've earned the right to go where they want to go without penalty. If you're talking about right now, you know, a lot of people think a one-time transfer exemption where you can transfer without penalty makes a lot of sense. But the challenge with it is there needs to be some kind of offset legislation to factor into it, meaning there's a lot of guys who are going to be in the transfer portal that will not have any places to land for scholarships because it's not a matter of do we have space under the 85-man cap, it's do we have scholarships left over for the 25-man uh, initial limit that you get each year. And I think sometimes a lot of you know, a lot of times you'll see something on Twitter where so-and-so is in the portal or is transferring, and I think people react to it, and I'm not sure a lot of times you know the, some of the stuff behind it. So I think there should be flexibility for it. I mean – these are not employees if there's scholarship space for them. I think that's that's the key to it. Um, I'm not going to say I know, you know, like what's gone on right now is with the pandemic, and there's been we're in such uncharted waters here. I think it's really hard to get a read on the, the, the thought process of how somebody has to say, hey, I'm going to transfer, I'm going to transfer again, just because this we've never had anything like this in in college athletics where there's been a shutdown and a lockdown and everything's going on Zoom, and I just think there's been minimal interaction with coaches and players that it's, it's hard to, uh, you know, I think it's hard to find fault with somebody making a decision saying, you know what, I'm not going to go there after all, because I just, just don't know what people are dealing with right now. I mean, this is, we've, I've written a bunch of stories in The Athletic in the last couple of weeks, and one of the things that I've heard from coaches and some ADs is, we're not talking enough about the mental health aspect of this, where if players are not around, this isn't just college football players, the student-athletes in general, uh, there's a lack of structure that some of them, you know, really don't get and because they're, they're, you know, missing it more than maybe others are because of all sorts of variables. And I think that's something that we probably don't talk, talk about enough. Bruce, want to thank you for coming on, and we love your work at The Athletic, and we'll, we'll continue to follow it, but I sincerely hope that I get to watch you doing games sometime soon on Fox Sports. That would be great, wouldn't it? I appreciate it. Hopefully we'll have a season and everybody will be well. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping for it just like you are as well. Thanks, Bruce. We appreciate you. 
for having me. That's Bruce Feldman. Uh, he covers college football, of course, for The Athletic, and as we said, uh, works for Fox Sports FS1. He's done a bunch of uh, Ute games uh, in the past couple of years, and he's he's great. I I love the idea, and we've seen this uh, we've seen this with a, a few people. Who am I thinking of? Uh, Todd McShay for is an example for ESPN. But I love having a a, a, a reporter reporter doing sidelines. And no offense to to other TV sideline people out there, but Bruce has been. You know, I mean, breaking college football stories for decades, and I kind of like that concept of that being part of the broadcast. The fact that he has an investigative journalistic reporting and writing background? And total familiarity with college football uh, coaches and players. I like it, too. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see maybe more uh, journalists like that doing doing sidelines. Although when I say that, I feel like I'm putting down other sideline reporters, and and that's not the case because there are some great sideline reporters out there. But I do like somebody like Bruce, who's certainly made his bones in the college football world doing sideline reporting. He does a really, really good job with it. I can see why he does it. What's that look for, Austin? Uh, uh, Getting a weird look from Austin in there. Did I just dig myself a hole? You're backpedaling faster than uh, a a defensive secondary. Well, there are some good sideline reporters out there. I don't want to sound like I'm putting them down. And there's a lot of crappy ones, too. There are some not-so-good sideline reporters out there? I'm among the crappy ones. Bruce is among the top tiers. Uh, Petros Papadakis was one of my favorite uh, sideline reporters, but now he does he does color. Yeah, but when he was with Bowler, I think he was doing sidelines. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, I believe Bowler. By the way, I think Brady Quinn was in the booth with Bowler. If I'm not, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll that. ask Bowler about that. Yeah. Uh, he's going to join the show for the entire five o'clock hour. In fact, that's coming up in. Less than 15 minutes. We have a non-sports report next. Stay tuned for that. But right now, let's get to a back-to-basketball update. Ow! Basketball is back. The Zone Sports Network is keeping you up on all the latest news with the Utah Jazz and the NBA. This is a back-to-basketball update. Oh, he never looked at the net! Presented by Zions Bank. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Back to basketball update brought to you by Zions Bank. Let's start things off with a cut from Quinn Snyder, who talked about his team's ability to handle the unique experience of the bubble. Without a crowd, certainly it's going to be a little different. But at the same time, players in our league love to play. They love to compete. And it's not like there there won't be stuff on the line that, that motivates you the, the same way in a typical setting. But again, to the degree that you know your crowd, particularly at home, gives you a lift, uh, can help provide momentum and energy in situations even when you're tired, That that's obviously not going to be there. So you've got to find other ways to accomplish that. The Jazz announced today that their team will honor the late, great Jerry Sloan for the remainder of the season with a commemorative commemorative patch uh, with the number 1,223, of course, the number of games Jerry Sloan won as a head coach. And that is another Back to Basketball update brought to you by our friends at Zions Bank. For a bank that understands your business, Zions Bank is for you. It's time to showcase those that are helping all of us through these difficult times. This is a partner profile on the Zone Sports Network. All 
All right, it's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for another partner profile. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, the CEO and co-owner of Olympus Health and Performance. They're a health and wellness company located in Salt Lake City offering COVID-19 antibody testing. You've heard us talk about it uh, on the show and across the station. Olympus Health and Performance was the first private company to offer testing in office and mobile. Of course, the CEO and co-owner joins us now. She is Lauren Lightfield with us here on The Big Show. Lauren, thank you very much for a few minutes. How are you today? I'm well. Thanks for having me on today. Our pleasure. Let's start off and just kind of talk about what you guys are doing to help folks out there uh, with this antibody testing. Yeah, so we are offering um, COVID-19 antibody testing. And so our test tests for antibodies, which is not the PCR test. Um, So what that means is our test will show people if they've been exposed to the virus in the past and have developed antibodies to it. So the PCR test, uh, which a lot of people have heard about, tells whether or not you've had an active infection going on. So are these uh, are these tests to the point now where they're fairly accurate? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so our test, uh, we have one of the most accurate tests right now on the market um, that gives you results while you wait, known as a point-of-care test. Um, According to the testing done by the National Cancer Institute of the NIH, uh, these tests are 97% sensitive and 100% specific. Um, So one of the best on the market right now. And we hear a lot of buzzwords like, you know, FDA authorized and those sorts of things. Your tests meet those standards? Sure. Um, So originally there were about 200 tests applied for authorization uh, by the FDA to check for antibodies for COVID-19. Right now, uh, there are fewer than 20 which have been authorized by the FDA and ours is one of those tests. How quickly do you get results back? Um, So the test results are known within 10 minutes after a single finger stick uh, for blood, uh, which is very easy uh, to obtain those those test results. So we've we've talked about it on the air for the past little while that uh, the cost of this, right, there's there's no copay and that sort of thing, right? Right. So um, testing will not cost anyone anything out of pocket. The federal government has passed legislation known as the CARES Act, um, and that requires insurance companies, both Medicare, Medicaid, to pay for the test in entirety. Um, in addition, uh, there's also a system set up for the uninsured uh, to be tested for free as well. So the federal government, uh, to have this testing done, uh, has put a lot in place to make this free for everyone. All right. For our listeners out there that are are interested and feel like this would be useful, what's the best way to schedule uh, you you guys to uh, help? So if you want to go to utahcoronavirustest.com, you can uh, have more information there, or you can call our main line at 385-645-6137. Awesome. Again, that uh, website is utahcoronavirustest.com, utahcoronavirustest.com. Lauren, uh, Lauren, it was so interesting to have you on the show today. Thank you very much for being such a great partner. Thanks for what you're doing for uh, not only our listeners, but the community. It's really great. And thank your whole crew over there, please. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You bet. That's Lauren Lightfield. She's CEO and co-owner of Olympus Health and Performance. Stay tuned. It's The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.